Thanks for being here this morning. We are going to go ahead and get started with our lesson. Um, <clears throat> we are resuming our study in Lesson 17. Um, it's your move, God. And it, uh, we got it off to a pretty good discussion last week as we were looking at prayers and we're talking about specifically long prayed unanswered prayers and we had examples in Habakkuk and we looked at an example in Isaiah uh, chapter 64 as well too so we're going to kind of go into that and summarize that as we move forward in the lesson because technically we are on the top of page two but for those of you who weren't here I think it'd be appropriate to kind of summarize what we talked about last week and then move into the lesson this week uh, full speed ahead so with that in mind and it looks like everything behind us is under control a little bit more now we're going to go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we're going to get started dear Heavenly Father we thank you for this time of year we thank you for this time that you've given us and set aside for us to be able to look at your word and reflect upon it and allow it to just germinate and allow it to percolate and be used in our lives where we can be just uh, we can just make sure that we are doing whatever we can to make sure you are being glorified. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for good discussion. We thank you for the reminders that you give us even during this time of year of the importance of being generous and looking to you in faith in all things. And we give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we had a couple of situations where we're looking at life as it's as it stands right now. Some of us, we we don't look at life in more of a way where we are eternal beings. We sometimes just live in the moment and we're challenged to not do that all the time. We're challenged to live in such a way where we are looking at life more as eternal, having an eternal purpose. And I think that that's why we had a conversation early last week about the game of chess. And the game of chess is a game that requires strategy and it requires um, knowledge of the game, of course, but also knowing that moving a certain way, there's a strategy involved. And we look at things more the long term. In other words, we don't just look at it as playing a game of checkers. Playing a game of checkers doesn't require a whole lot of strategy. It just requires quick movements. And you win the game in a very short period of time. But chess requires a lot more thought. And we equated God's way of seeing things as a very, very long game of chess. And we need to have that same approach when it comes to our prayers. We all kind of came to the same conclusion, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's very, very, it's not typical for people's prayers to be answered from the moment they utter them. It's usually a long-term proposition. Amen? You guys get a lot of feedback? There's a lot of echo? I don't know if it, it is a lot of echo, isn't it? I know they can hear me. I'll speak softly to make sure it doesn't go too much of an echo. But we know that our prayers are not typically answered right away. They require a little bit more time if we're working according to God's plan, God's overall purpose and we need to keep that in mind as we look at prayer 
So if we go back and look at Isaiah 64.1, let's take a look at that real quick. And again, this is just to get up to speed to where we are today. We won't be spending a lot of time on this. Isaiah had an expectation. He wanted to see something from God. He wanted to know that God was paying attention to his prayers. And that's not different from how we are. We are the same way, too. We want the assurance that God is indeed responsive to our prayers. Isaiah 64.1 says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. Because Isaiah was looking for some physical sign that God was responding to his prayer. And we made the comment, if you recall, back in the middle of the lesson, sometimes we have prayers like Isaiah. Oh, if that house would just sell. Oh, that you would just heal the cancer. Oh, that you would just do those things. We know how that feels, don't we? We know exactly what that means, those types of prayers. And we have a lot of prayers that are long-term prayers that we are waiting for God to show us something. Then we moved over to Habakkuk. Because Habakkuk was praying also for something as well, too. So let's go to Habakkuk, chapter 1. I adjust my eyes so I can see where I'm at here. Habakkuk 1, and we look at verse 2. Habakkuk 1, verse 2. And Habakkuk was making a complaint because of the evil of his people, the people that were around him. And he says in verse 2, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? And we had a lot of different responses to that. We live in a society today that is more prone, just based upon the news that we see sometimes, to violent acts. People getting caught up in issues or situations. And the thing is, is that we pray for peace. We pray for a calming. And I got to tell you something. I appreciate the fact that, you know, people have these vigils and they have these things. They don't want to see people, you know, commit violence and stuff like that. But that's all symbolic. That's all symbolism. Because the people who perpetrate violence could care less about vigils or anything like that. We need to pray for peace and we need to pray for pre-peace in our very neighborhoods. Habakkuk is looking for some sort of response because all this stuff is happening around him and it doesn't appear that anything is being done. So we need to understand that there's a couple of different prayers. We have the how long prayer and we have the oh that you would prayer. How long and Lord oh that you would in being responsive. Now we can go to the top of page two in the handout. And that's where we'll pick up. So the question is, has God answered prayers like this in your life? Has God answered these how long or these oh that you would prayers in your life? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Now, 
the best way to know the answer to that question, how many of you journal your prayers? Not a lot of people do, because it, it's something that's very time-consuming, and I'm not going to say that it's something you have to do, but if you really want to know if God is answering prayers, you journal them, and you go back and you take a look at them and see what happens. Now, I will challenge you that God has indeed answered a number of your how-long prayers. He's also answered a number of your oh-that-you-would prayers. And sometimes those prayers, as we have mentioned before, take not days and not weeks, but sometimes months and years. Sometimes those prayers just aren't answered right away, but they are indeed answered. And there may be some that still... And there may be some that still are going to be prayed right now that are still pending if you get my get my drift go ahead i'm sorry some of my prayers are kind of like answered days okay yes waking me up in the morning yes Okay. Now he's answering that prayer, but he's always provided mm-hmm. food on my table, food to pay my rent, Amen. for me to work things out. Mm-hmm. But now is the time that he has provided some of my children to come forward okay. and help them out. But there's been a real wilderness through that. But sure. I'm grateful for everything. Amen. Amen. So, he, he does what he does, but I know mm-hmm. he answers prayers every day. Sure. He certainly answers prayers every day, but, and we, we don't take those for granted. We appreciate that, but we also know that there are some prayers where it's just not an immediate answer. There will be a trial, even in the midst of those prayers that you'll have to go through, to realize when he does answer or do things, perhaps even as you don't expect him to, to now you come to the realization, well, boy, I didn't expect that outcome, but I'll accept it and praise you for it. Because that's the way we have to look at this whole thing. He is, again, we're talking about this chess game. He knows the moves. He knows which direction to go. He knows where our lives are. We don't really know sometimes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. The night 
Okay. That's right. Amen. That's an excellent example. I mean, that, that is mapped out. You see how, that's why you say you have a prayer, you mark it down, and you can actually go back and refer to it later. You might even forget about it. And then it brings back to mind, God brings it back to your mind, what you were praying for, or what the information was that was being given to you. And we need to see evidence of that, frankly, sometimes, because sometimes we don't have hope. And God provides that hope to us with reminders of his goodness through his word. This is why it is so, so important for all of us to stay in the word. Stay in the word on a regular basis. Stay in the word, frankly, on a daily basis. Even if you're reading just a little bit, stay in the word. You know, take a bathroom break. Take the word with you. I mean, I'm, I'm serious about this stuff. I mean, this is, this is what you have to think and think about and think on those terms. Because if you don't stay in the word, how is God going to help remind you of things or show you things to show you his very presence, even in those moments when the prayer is not being answered right away? It's just not time yet. But he wants to show you his goodness even throughout that process. And I appreciate you sharing. You know, like you had panic attacks, all this. That's trials, everybody. That's trials. You know, my wife has had panic attacks. And she shared that. And, you know, those are things that are very real that, deal, that we have to deal with and that we have to struggle with sometimes. And you have to understand panic attacks, they're not logical the person who experiences a panic attack, it's not a logical thing. They know the word, they understand the word, they understand what's going on, but it's not logical. It's the way the brain is firing. So you have to understand that I know that my wife and Faith, two of the most godly people you'll ever know, I mean, you know, they, they're on the word all the time and they understand that, but it doesn't mean that stuff doesn't happen to us. So they are in prayer. They are doing what they need to do to function properly. So you need to understand that there's no such thing as a super Christian. Okay, we, we, we all have stuff that we have to deal with from time to time. And that's in the midst of these trials and praying all the time. Someone, you had your hand up. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, to talk about it. No, not at all. Not at all. It's something that we all have to go through. Now, this is very interesting. We know we had the study last week um, during uh, the cell group meeting. And part of sometimes what we do as a body, sometimes sharing is really important. Your own personal struggles and encouraging other people. 
And it's not, it's not even necessarily about bearing your soul, just sharing little things that will help you. And one of the things we mentioned last week, and, and Roscoe was there and he knows it, guys don't talk about nothing. And, but guys are hurt just as badly as women are. Women just are more vocal about it. Guys don't share that stuff. So you wonder why guys don't make more of a commitment in the church. And it's because they're damaged or they're hurt or something is going on in their lives where they feel like they can't put themselves out there. Now, we're not going to say that they have an out for that. They don't have an out. They still need to do whatever it is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you right now, guys just don't talk about it like that. Guys aren't going to bear their souls and say, man, I got really hurt really bad this one time 10 years ago. You ain't never going to hear a guy say that. That's just not going to happen. And that's just because of our society. That's all. So I'm just letting you know that we have a challenge as men to make sure that we are truly putting our eyes on Jesus in everything that we try to do. And not doing it on our own strength or relying upon that. Who else had their hand up? I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, I'll come over to you. Go ahead. Yeah. Credit for their diddling around in our lives. Yeah. And the closer we get to the Lord, the more He attacks us. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to understand that Satan does want to put you on the sidelines. His his whole idea is to you're playing a game. He wants to take you out take you out at your knees. He wants to put you on the sidelines. And that's exactly what he will do. And, you know, this whole thing about panic attacks and and all these things that occur that women deal with or men deal with and men may not share that. See, but who says men don't have panic attacks? I guarantee you men have panic attacks, but they just don't talk about it because it's something that they have to just they just deal with it. However, they deal with it. Yeah, go ahead. Correct. Don't tell your business to anybody. Correct. And it's hard to overcome that. Yes, it is. And that's, especially for guys, it's very hard to overcome, too. Guys don't want to leave a perception of weakness. But we need to go back to what happened with Paul. Paul had weakness. And if it had to do with God afflicting him to make him reflect on his weakness, guess what? That was God dealing directly with Paul. Because we're talking about a very brilliant man. Paul was a very smart man. And Paul needed to have something to remind him that you're weak, but you're he's strong because of what he does. It's all about him doing it. It's not about Paul doing it. And sometimes we have to have lessons like that in our lives to reflect those things. We need to see those things in prayer as well, too. God reminds us every now and then. Of his goodness, even though a prayer is still pending. Yes. And I'll come to you. Yes. That's the whole key. He teaches faith. Faith is the thing that we all have to rely upon. That's exactly what we discussed last week. Faith is the important aspect of all of this. Okay, Lynn, I'm sorry. Okay. Luke twenty two thirty two. Well when Jesus is talking to Peter during the denial and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan 
but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. A lot of the stuff we go through is so we can turn and give back to other people. Yes. Amen. For the first time, and they don't understand, they're like, I'm a believer, I shouldn't be going through stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there's something wrong with me because I'm going through this, and nobody else is going through this stuff, mm -hmm. so maybe I'm failing. Yeah. And you can turn around and say, no. God's allowing the trial is for no other reason that you could absolutely relate to another human being. Absolutely. You can relate to other people. Luke 22, 31 and 32. Let's take a look at that. Turn to Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. She looked up the verse, but we have to understand God allows these things to happen to us for teachable moments. And that's the last thing you want to hear about when you're going through a trial like this, too. You don't want to hear about teaching. You don't waste the pain. That's right. What? Yeah. He's selective. He knows all about you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what is beneficial for you. Because remember, in this whole chess game thing, he knows who you're going to come across in life as well, too, to help them in the future. He already knows all of that. Someone you've maybe never met. Someone you've never talked to. Maybe you'll have one encounter with someone. And you may never ever see that person again, but they do something to remind you and reflect upon what's happening. He knows all of this stuff. Let's get back to the, the passage, though. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Simon, Simon, behold, this is the English Standard Version. Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Now, I got to tell you, if, if you're being sifted like wheat, you are being jacked up. Amen? Is that fair terminology for that? You're getting jacked up. I mean, this is, there's nothing good about being sifted like wheat. That means you're being turned inside out and everything else. And that's what Satan wants of Simon Peter. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Now, here's Jesus talking. Jesus is saying, I pray that your faith doesn't fail. That means no matter whether you're being turned inside out, upside down, backwards, forwards, stay faithful. Have the mustard seed of faith because that's all that's required. Just have faith. Stay the course. Stand firm. And sometimes that's really what it comes down to. Just stand firm and stay the course and remain faithful. I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So what that means is there is another side that you're going to come out of this. There is always what's that? Remember that that crazy song from the Poseidon Adventure, the morning after there's got to be a morning after there's I don't even know how the. There's lyrics about that. But there's always a new day. You're going to come out of whatever you're in. That's what God is promising you by remaining faithful. You're going to come out of it. And when you do come out of it, you just don't sit there like a bump on the log. Now you encourage other people because you've gotten through it and you have evidence that you've gotten through it because God has kept you and held you in position to be Faithful and show others how to be faithful. That's what you should be thinking about as you go through difficulty. You can help other people. 
Because what's one of the most important things we need? And this is what this class does. Encouragement. You are not going through stuff all by yourself. And we just shared some very personal things here in this class that some people are going through. They shared it, and I've shared it because I know my wife has shared it before. But they've gone through some very personal things. And they're letting you know, be encouraged. We're coming on the other side of it. We're going to get through it. We're going to deal with it. And be encouraged that you're not alone either. That's what we're here for. That's what we should be doing as a body. That's what we should be talking about when we're looking at what the word says and how you are encouraged by the word. Here's Jesus saying he's praying for Simon Peter to stay faithful. And that's what's the most important thing for all of us. Stay faithful. Stay the course. Stand firm and remain faithful. And there are going to be some days where your faith is going to really be this big. Because you're being sifted like wheat. But that's acceptable in God's eyes. Just stay faithful. These are things we need to remember when we're talking about prayer. God has answered those prayers. Who else? Yes. Okay. I could not answer her doubt, but I could pray for her. But it just shocked me what people would say to her when they were cruel. I mean, you know, there were Christian people saying cruel things to her. Yeah. You know, rebuking her and things like that, mm-hmm. which don't help. And I'm going, I would like to answer it some people that would. But in Scripture, to encourage her not to do that. Well, that's honestly, that's when you direct message somebody, (laughs) direct message. That's a messenger. Social media. I'm just going to give you a a very brief. First of all, social media. And and I include we, we, we have memberships with social media, but we have found overall that social media is not really that effective in. You know, presenting our church. We get people just search for our church on the Internet, Akron Alliance Fellowship. It pops up. You can go right to our website. We get hits on our website all the time. That's not necessarily social media. That's just people looking at our church, looking at the different sermons, looking and all that stuff. That's the most effective thing we've ever done. Honestly, I mean, social media is not really a great place for getting involved with really personal stuff because you're going to have all kinds of people up there who just like to start stuff. They're not there for the purpose of being helpful. There are a lot of people there who just want to be hurtful. And you know why? It's because they're keyboard warriors. You don't get to really see who they are. You don't know who they are. They're just people just typing stuff. And they don't care. So advice to you, don't go on social media looking for help. <laughs> Honestly, it's not going to be helpful. It's not going to be beneficial. Unless you're in a private group where you might have a better chance of vetting people within that private group. When you go public, it's you've, all bets are off, everybody. 
So that's just my advice to you about social media, because I've tinkered around enough with it now to know that there ain't a whole lot out there on social media that's going to help be helpful for you as far as stuff like that. Now, it's good that you're doing it and you're offering it, but that's why you have instant messenger, <laughs> because that really should be a private conversation that you're having with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, be a light. If you're going to be on the Internet, be a light. Well, we understand that, but a lot of people don't want to be lights on the Internet. They don't want to. They just want to be nasty. So just keep that in mind. And I feel sorry for the woman, but that's just my advice to you when it comes to social media. I don't want to take a lot of time with that, but that's, believe me, I'm on Facebook and I'm off like in seconds because it's not worth, it's not worth it. But having said that, Pray for people that you know are having a hard time. Whether you know them or not. Pray for people as you go about during the holiday. And this was my observation, what, yesterday, day before? People were really inconsiderate. There were a lot of people who were out who were just really inconsiderate. Just rushing along. You know, they'll bump you. They're not saying, excuse me. Stuff, just really weird stuff. Because some people get weirded out during this time of year. You know why they get weirded out? I gotta do this, I gotta be presents to buy, I gotta and you know, my wife can usually categorize things very well and, and organize things, and her brain is, you know, compartmental in some ways and she remembers all kinds of things, but sometimes it's a little stressful because there's a lot to remember and a lot to keep track of, and some people don't process that very well. And so they get weird. So now this time of year, when people get weird, what do you do? You pray for them. You're not ready to bust somebody in the eye. Amen? You're ready to pray for them. Amen? I mean, y'all too quiet on that one now. Some of you might sound like you want to bust somebody in the eye. Well, I understand that. It might sound really good, but we know that that's going to ruin your testimony. Amen? Okay, so we're going to bypass that and just be prayerful about this time of year as well, too. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. 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 Right. Amen. So now let's get back to the lesson. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ann. Smile at them. Yes. Make eye contact and smile. Make eye contact and smile. If you did an experiment, I'll bet you if you wanted to take and count the number of people who don't make eye contact, you might be astonished. You might be astonished. It may be 75% of the people you run into do not make eye contact. They might be talking to you, but they're not, they don't make direct eye contact. Make eye contact and smile. Let Jesus show through your smile. Amen? And, these are, and this is, no matter what you're going through, by the way, you know, you might be going through a hard time. You might be wondering, you know, like, you know, What's going to happen? You know, what's happening with me? 
But that doesn't change how you react and respond to others and teach people through Jesus Christ. We just got through saying that. You're going to go through things. We already know you're going to go through things. So don't let that get you to the point where you're being removed now from society. Okay. And I went in the laundry. Yeah. And he followed me for a while. Okay. But um, that was scary. And yeah. I guess you have to be careful when you go back. Yeah. Well, yeah. you do need to be careful. And I would, I would just say to you, um, because we, we know of instances where there have been guys out there, young punks basically, who look for vulnerable women who are by themselves to try to start some stuff. So by all means, be smart about what you do when you go out. It doesn't mean that you, in other words, you can be friendly, but you also need to be aware of your surroundings. Be aware, be aware of where you're at, okay? Um, all right, let's get back to this real quick. Go to Habakkuk, Habakkuk 1.5. I want to get back into this because we need to understand that God sometimes shows us, I know it's the first bell, God shows us, He will answer prayer. He will show us these things. And sometimes he will give us information as he is answering that prayer. Habakkuk. Did God listen to Habakkuk's prayers for justice? Look at Habakkuk 1.5. It says, look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that God is doing a work even today, in these days, that even if it happens, you wouldn't believe it? It's absolutely true. Because you have to understand that we are in spiritual warfare. We are in, you know, social media warfare. You know, all these things are reflected even in social media. We're talking about social media being a real cesspool, frankly. But even in that, God is finding people even through social media and bringing them to Christ. Now, social media did not exist that long ago. So you know what? God is smart enough to do what? Use what's going on today to bring people to him. There is still a lot of good discussion, and he's doing great things to bring people to him. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing work in your days that you would not believe if told. You know why this is important? The Internet is everywhere. You know, we have missionaries who go over and talk to people, but you know what? We got folks who can read. We've got folks who can understand English or we'll put it in their language, the Bible. And we've got iPads everywhere. And I'm not exaggerating when I say iPads everywhere. I'm talking about iPads over in Africa. I'm talking about a way to connect with people who are hungry for the Lord. So a lot of great things are being done. And God is doing those things in this lifetime and in future lifetimes. He's never going to stop. Why? Because we know that God desires for all people. To come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so if he desires for all people, past, present, and future, to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, he's going to be working 
even before and after we're gone. It's going to keep working on it. So are you praying for your children? Are you praying for your family members? Are you praying for them to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Because God is doing things, and it's a matter of you making sure that you're putting your prayers and petitions before him. He's doing it. It may take 90 years. I know we use the example of 90 years. It may take 90 years for him to bring someone to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but that's all that really matters, isn't it? His timing certainly is not our timing. Never has been and never will be. So God answered the prayer. He told him, look and see. You're going to see some things. You're going to wonder and be astounded. God told Habakkuk he was going to answer his prayer and that Habakkuk was going to be utterly amazed. Isn't that just like God? Well, we are crying out how long and oh that you would prayers, wondering if he's even listening. God is already in the process of answering our prayers. You get that? He's already in the process of answering them. He may not show you evidence of that, but he's doing it anyway. He's already there. And remember, he hears your prayers, especially if it's according to his will. If you're praying for someone to get saved, guess what? That's in his will. You are right there, lockstep with his will. He absolutely understands that. The thing we just don't see is how does he do that? How does he pull this one off? When we see somebody get saved, you're about ready to fall over. If you've been praying for him all your life, there might be a lot of people falling over in heaven. <laughs> How do you get up in here? I don't know. I can't say that for sure, but it's, it's something to be, be uh, keep in mind. Okay, that's our second bell. God is already in the process of answering our prayers. We find ourselves impatiently waiting for the next move to indicate God is in the game when he is, in fact, busy moving his plan along without a single pawn leaving its square. We're using the chess analogy again because he doesn't have to show you his moves. Some of his moves are invisible, but he's already working. So when we talk about God's goodness and we say God is good all the time, all the time God is good. That's why he's faithful. He hasn't changed. He's not going to change. He's faithful. He is answering our prayers. All right. So we're going to leave off there because the next section is going to be a, a, a personal reflection one. To take some time to look at it. So we'll pick up next week right where we left off and get back to that. And so we may, we may we moved about a half a paragraph down the page today, basically. But that's okay. We're making sure we're making sure that we get through this material and go through it deliberately because we had great discussion today. Amen. Great discussion. Let's close out. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to reflect upon your goodness. Lord, we know that. In the entire scope of things, we know that you truly are with us. 
You're there to encourage us. You're there to bring us through day by day and moment by moment, especially when we need you. And we, Lord, we understand sometimes trials are there, if for no other reason than to be able to use the experience to teach and share with others those who are going through a difficult time. Lord, we are reminded often that without you, we wouldn't be anywhere. We wouldn't be able to function. We wouldn't be able to do any of the things that we're doing right now if it were not for you and your presence. We thank you for how you answer prayers. We're thankful for how you even act when we even don't know how to pray. Lord, just thank you for giving us the heart to look at, look to you, to focus on you, and to serve you. We pray now for the upcoming message and the speaker. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. See you next time.